0: The Bernstein and Holmes Show. I love Championship Sunday a lot. I love the schedule of it. Ideally, you have the four best teams.
1: I think this is the real NFL fans Super Bowl weekend. Championship Sunday is for the real ones. Let's do it. It's go time. Pacheco in the backfield sets up to the left of
0: Mahomes. Mahomes in the pocket. Throws a deep one. Behind the defense. It is caught. Valdez scantling with the grab. He got behind left for 33 yards. Mahomes has done it again. They were just
1: on a path to destruction all season long. Andy Reid looking for his Big former
0: assistant in Philadelphia. Yeah, and he's heading back to the Super Bowl for the fourth time in five years. Fourth and three. Oh. Goff, pressure, in trouble. Throws on the run, incomplete. They'll break huddle. They'll be in
1: the victory formation. It's 4th and 11, Purdy is under center, he takes the snap, he backpedals a step, zeros on the clock, it's over, the sideline's empty, with a comeback for the ages, the 49ers are going back to the Super Bowl. Bernstein and Hope, Middays 10 a.m. 2-2, on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. You know my advice on this day, and it should have been heated last night. The moment you know the Super Bowl combatants, independent of injury and somebody who could be healthy, returning, etc., have your first thought, your first thought on who you think is going to win and why, and because by the time we get through all the hype and all the stupid and you get to kickoff, you will be able to convince yourself of anything. So your best, clearest, most lucid thought is probably the first thing you thought when you knew who was playing.
0: I'm going to go with not betting against Patrick Mahomes.
1: That is exactly the first thing I thought. It's the same thing I said before the AFC Championship game. I said Mahomes and points is a a tough thing to, to walk away from when you know that guy's just got that magic.
0: Yeah, he does. And watching them, like it. You know what's crazy about the the AFC title game is they won the turnover battle three nothing, and it was a score game, right? Like a one score game. Like that's how good Baltimore's defense is. Is that in a game where you you guys turned it over and had some really dumb stuff happen, you lost by a touchdown. Now, granted, you lost by a touchdown at home, but to even be in a game where you lose the battle 3 nothing is kind of amazing.
1: But you should have seen me yesterday because our our travel back from LaGuardia sort of coincided with kickoff of the first game. So I am going from, and I'm texting, I'm like, what's our DirecTV password? How can I get that into the CBS Sports app? And then having to transfer that over from the Wi-Fi in the airport, you get on the plane, and then you got to go to airplane mode, and then you got to log into the United Wi-Fi, and can I stream? And that's for for a while. I was on a game tracker, and then it was in and out with the actual streaming that kept cutting out. And then the moment the plane lands, you can go back to actual streaming and try to walk through the airport while staring at your phone to watch the entire game. And then we get home, like walk in the door, Turn the heat back up, throw the suitcases in, flip the t v on just as the national anthem was ending for the second game, so that was like
2: oh <sighs> yeah, it,
1: it was a it was a a wild process watching everything that was going on in the first game, and I'm half doing play by play for other people at baggage claim to asking what's happening,
0: well, not like once you got settled in to and then the lions were like. Hey, are you settled in? Cool. Watch this. Right. right. And just score immediately. That was, and
1: and not only that, spectacularly. I mean, just carve him up, and there he is. They're pulling out his shirt, and he's running in. And it, look, I'm telling you, this, this sport, it's amazing to me that it is not an exaggeration to say that Kendall Vildor missing that interception
0: might have changed Brock Purdy's career arc. It's funny that you say that because I was thinking about it like as the game was going on, and you're watching that first half and you're like, oh wow, they're gonna they're gonna replace him. Like the, this offseason is going to be spent replacing Brock Purdy. It was he seven of 15, 93 yards, had an interception, didn't look himself, didn't look comfortable. And you're going, this is gonna be a route. And the 49ers are going to be out here. And in my mind, I was like, maybe they're a trading partner for the Bears. So maybe Justin Fields is running that system next year. And then in the second half, they were able to turn around. Brock Purdy made some incredible plays and started to use his feet more in the second half, like 50 yards rushing in the second half of the game. And... I don't know if they still might not want to look to replace him but it cuz they have it's not like it, there's not precedent for it like they have done that before with a quarterback that got to the Super Bowl you know so it's it's not unprecedented for them to continue to look for whoever is going to do this the right way think about it Vildor picks that ball play it out
1: it hit, hits him in the face but instead of that he catches it catches it and then all of a sudden Maybe the Lions get a couple of first downs. The whole dynamic changes, and then all the stories are Brock Purdy turns back into a pumpkin on the biggest day, and this was all a fraud. And now it's, he's clearly not up to the challenge. But I mean, it really is. It's
0: it's amazing, and I'm I don't think I'm exaggerating. No, I I think that they're. I find myself to be fairly reasonable in some of the. I'm not like super. I don't ordinarily like just react and like be a prisoner of the moment, but this has been the conversation about Brock Purdy because of his draft status. And it's funny because we, we tend to do this both in a positive and negative way for people, folks that are drafted in the first round, get more time to figure stuff out because of the level of talent. Someone who is Mr. Irrelevant or a, a free agent, that ends up being on a team gets is always going to be scrutinized a little bit more than someone who is picked in the first round. When things don't go... That's why I, I like Brock Purdy a lot. And like I was telling you last week, I think he's a B in every single category.
1: Which is really good. Mm-hmm. That's a guy who's going to have a long and
0: lucrative career and it and it could be you know he could end up being a Super Bowl winning but but it's like the amount of weapons that they have and you saw it like okay you have Debo Samuel you have Christian McCaffrey McCaffrey who I thought was he's a god he's so good like he's you in the rough yards like there was a run where Detroit had him at the line of scrimmage and then he just kind of zips through and he gets eight yards on the run. Like it's it's the stuff like that that is backbreaking where you feel like you've got a guy bottled up and he's like, no, I'm just going to keep my legs moving. No, he's he's like he's like one of those
1: hockey guys that finishes every shift at like, you know, even at the very, very end when he's totally gassed. It doesn't matter. You never see his shoulders slump. You saw him yesterday put up a like, I, I need I need a break here. Like, he knows when he's spent. And he's I gotta, need a play. I, yeah, give me one play. I got to uh, catch myself. But other than that, he's 100% all the time
0: and, and not out of control. Well, when you have that guy and Debo and Brandon Ayuk, who I think is really terrific, too, and George Kittle. So, like, you're worried about all those guys. Who's the guy that played a huge role in the comeback yesterday? Juszczyk. Just, oh, yeah, they also have the best fullback in the game, too. And maybe the best left tackle. It's amazing.
1: But when Uzczyk made that catch, looking like you know, prime Jerry Rice, <laughs> what do you that that's a fullback? Yes.
0: You're not supposed to be able to do that. Yes. That's not fair. But meanwhile, the Lions are just like drop. Whoa. Oh, dude. Whoa. Just dropping the ball. Embarrassing. Dropping first downs, Emb- dropping fourth down plays. Embarrassing. It's just really, really bad. I will say I had a blast yesterday and I threw it up on Twitter. I need from now on, whenever there's a Lions game, I need a Pinnell Sewell Cam. Cause I can't stop watching that guy. Panay Sewell is what was his 40 time? I don't four eight, maybe? He's he's amazing. Yeah, this cheat code stuff with a guy. What does he weigh 320? And he they used him as an eligible receiver. He was in motion yesterday. He was coming around and hitting guys. Now, Bosa got got home a couple times. And that's gonna happen when you have one of the premier pass rushers. But watching Panay Sewell just it just at a moment's notice, just all right. Cool, I'm gonna pancake this guy. I'm gonna run over here, and I'm gonna get this guy. I'm pulling on this play. I'm a tight end on this play. There was the one play where he went out into the flat and was open for a first down. He's amazing.
1: Like, he ran a five point oh nine forty. Okay, that's actually slower than I thought. At 331 pounds. I though. know. Right. I know, but he but it's just the way he moves and the the athleticism the with fluidity that he moves. It's that
0: crazy. He Like, that's a guy that clearly played running back at some point. When you watch him, you just go, oh, oh, look at that. Look at that athleticism. It's off the charts. In a league full of incredible athletes, in a weekend where the incredible athletes were doing incredible stuff, I'm keyed in on Panay Sewell, just like, wow. Would you look at that? Now, the beautiful thing is I actually think the – the Bears have someone who's got some of that. Darnell Wright has got some of that. That crazy off-the-chart athleticism. And he's got some nasty. But Sewell, like, as a player, he's he's freakishly athletic. He seems to understand the game really well. And he's clearly gone to his coaches and said, whatever you need me to do, I will do it. If I'm playing right tackle, if we're overloading a side and I have to go over to the the left side on a play, if you want to line me up as a tight end, that's cool. Fullback, fine. I can do all of that stuff. To see that level of athleticism and it be used, it's one thing for like even a guy like Darnell Wright where we can identify it and say, look at all that talent. It's another thing for a a coaching staff to have enough creativity to go – Man, this guy's literally one of our best athletes. Let's find ways to use that to our advantage. I want to see him take a snap. I want to see the direct snap. I'm fine. Hey, m-
1: Tush, maybe. push, Tush push with a with a left t- with a right tackle. Let's maybe do it.
0: in some of those short yardage situations, maybe that's what you should do. I'm gonna say, but he would be hard to push.
1: Almost like who would be pushing him? On that play, like you need five guys lined up golf behind back there. I mean, right? <laughs> Just for the hilarity, <laughs> he'd end up disappearing inside inside the tush. i mean, he's gone. What happened to Jared Goff? I don't know. He tried to push him, and he, he he's gone, never to be heard from again. <laughs> Where's our quarterback? I don't know.
0: I don't what know. What happened? He, he disappeared. He tried to.
1: <laughs> he tried. I, I. He made a mistake. It was a terrible, terrible mistake. And something has happened.
0: Speaking of terrible mistakes, I want to go back to the AFC title game for a minute because I I think that there were, like I I don't know what they were thinking. Like I looked at, there was part of me that wanted to do an experiment today, but I, I didn't think of it quick enough to like tell you and 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 tell That's the all right. crew. We're adaptable. I I wanted to kind of do four segments as if we were in those cities. Oof. Right? Well, I, mean, I know that we're going to do one, like we're in, in Detroit in a minute. Mm-hmm. But if I were doing Baltimore radio this morning, I'd be so mad at Todd Monken. Even with all the great things that he did, and the fact that Lamar's going to be named MVP next week. You line against yeah, but- a team that you could actually run the ball against you lined up in 11 personnel 63% of the time and the stuff that they were doing in the second half it felt so panicky it felt so we're not the best team in the AFC we're not in control of this game and and i we, I, we don't have an opportunity with a simple read option to put you in conflict right you've got one of the premier weapons in football the guy who's literally going to be the mvp and you didn't use, like, he made plays with his feet, but it was from pockets collapsing. The other thing was, to me, it was it was a tale of the blitz. Baltimore's blitz didn't get home enough early enough. Kansas City did a great job of, of pass pro to allow for plays to take place. On the flip side, it seemed like every time Spagnolo dialed up blitz, he was able to either affect the play or sack the quarterback. Lamar Jackson got sacked, what, twice on third down. And you're just sitting there going, like, if if I were doing Baltimore radio today, I'd be pissed because of it. You'd be nasty nester. I would be nasty nester. You'd have your jersey
1: on. You'd be you're, you're like I'm guy who wears jerseys and I'm
0: nasty and I'm nasty. I'm a nasty boy. I'm going to give
1: myself a nickname and wear jerseys. Well,
0: it's Nester, so he's Nasty Nester, right? So it just I'm I'm open
1: Nester. It's different.
0: I just I don't know. I, I was I'm sitting there going, come on! <laughs> like I'm sitting there screaming at the TV, like. Do the thing. They
1: only had two designed runs for Lamar Jackson. That is malpractice. malpractice. I think they had had 10 true run plays. All the rest were Lamar Jackson scrambling.
2: Sounds like the Ravens got get seed.
0: He's like, come on. You got the guy. We're broadcasting the guy stuff.
1: live from the Hyundai studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers, Ray Diaz, Adam Studzinski, Brandon Fryer, Connor O'Donnell. And when we come back, uh, we I had a very, very disappointed wife last night because her guy lost. Bad. He he stuck to his guns and he was himself. She was legitimately unhappy for him because she's such a big Dan Campbell Stan. I get it. And uh, Dan Campbell, look, he was, as Shakespeare would say, hoist on his own petard, as it were.
2: Very well done, Stan, Eminem. Very good. Very <laughs> he good. You didn't do that on
1: purpose. No, I, I didn't. But thank you for the credit on that one. Although you did notice that I think there was a mistake at one point where they were rolling out to break. And Kevin Burkhart, they, this, and the music was Martha and the Vandellas dancing in the street. But Kevin Burkhart said something about they only got one shot. I'm like, wait, did they did they fire that? Because their music is awesome, and whoever's yeah. in charge of their music, they're by far the best bump music of any football production. Too much Seven Nation Army yesterday, though. Jack White has other songs. But I thought when he said made the one shot reference, they had they were rolling into Eminem, right?
0: So, I didn't know if that was a crossed wire or it just some sort of I think he was just trying to get every reference that he could out yesterday. Might By the way, we'll talk about it later on in, in this show and, and this week. The Fox broadcast was a million miles ahead oh, of the CBS it's, it's broadcast. It's like being let out
1: of jail. It's like being let out of football broadcast jail, I, I and you're was, running naked in the street, yes. pouring champagne over your head. <laughs> right? It's just the best feeling in the world. So, like, oh, it, it it can be easy. It's really not that hard to connect with me as a viewer, to inform, to
0: to teach, to entertain, to understand that you're broadcasting and not narrowcasting, and to not to your partner,
1: and to not make people dumber just don't make people dumber and Fox
0: blows through that standard yep it's very nice I we'll get into it but in my mind even for Tom Brady you can't replace Greg Olson I just think he's he's really great and it's clear like he is working at craft that he's not satisfied with where he's already at like he wants to be Better. And he's seeing so much. Yep. So
1: he's seeing so many angles. When he showed Randy Gregory coming down the line, but he said he's a little too shallow, and he almost overdoes it because his angle's too flat to the line, and it, it, he did, wasn't able to keep the edge. Little things like that are so cool when they're pointed out to you, right? And it's and it's it shouldn't be that hard as it is for some. But uh, rough times for Dan Campbell. We will discuss that and more when we come back on The Score. Bernstein and Holmes, your midday destination for Chicago Sports Talk on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com and Odyssey Station. Fourth and three. Pressure. In trouble. Throws on the run. And the gamble on fourth down does not pay off. No, it didn't. And there's, there's one point where he was getting ready to go for it, and then somebody in his headset or someone near him talked him out of it. He's like, field goal, time field goal. But you wonder if those voices should have been amplified further at a couple other critical junctures in the game. Dan Campbell has made a lot of hay out of being the go-for-it guy. And it's all fun until your season's over.
0: Yes. And it's interesting because people will give him credit and say, "Well, you know, he does that all the time. That's just who he is." And there's there's something to be said for that. I would just also like to offer up that it's also okay to go against your instincts sometimes. That they're not like that's the balance of of it's, like it's great your coaching. Job. Yeah. That you're not just supposed to be like, oh, I always just do this. And that's, you have to take certain things into account. What I find fascinating, I, I was I said it to you last week and we joked a little bit about it on Twitter yesterday, is that his bravado plays into what the folks, what the actual, like, numbers are. Like, fourth and three, you should be going for. I, I am a go-for-it guy because of the math. But you also have to read out the game, and that's what I think he didn't do a great job of yesterday. Saying, "Hey, we can make this a three-score game," that, and and I get that you're thinking, "Okay, I'm going for the kill shot." That he's thinking, "We score a touchdown here, the game's over." But even I was like, "You got a chance to, if it's if it's going to 16, no, but a chance to go 17." and I get that the Lions kicking game has been a question mark. You have a a, a traveling kicker that, that is... A recent former bear. Yeah. A, a guy that you you cut and you bring back and you put him on the practice squad and all of that stuff. It just seems like he was in such go-for-it mode that he didn't look at the opportunity to really affect the other team outside of the go for it. This is what I do. This is right. who I
1: am. And even after the game, when he talked about that, he sounded like he's resigned to the fact that he would do it again because this is what he does. I just felt really good
0: about us converting and uh, getting our momentum and, and not letting them play long ball. You know, they were bleeding the clock out. That's what they do. And I wanted to get the upper hand back, you know, and – it's easy hindsight and I get it you know I get that but I don't regret those decisions and that's hard you know it's hard because you know they didn't we didn't come through it wasn't able to, to work out but I just I don't I don't and I understand the scrutiny I'll get that's part of the gig man but you know we just just didn't work out
1: well, I guess I'm a little disappointed in Dan Campbell because it's okay to regret. And he's shown a, a, a willingness to Absolutely. do that. Absolutely. Like, the, his vulnerability is what makes him so adorable is because he's he is that ju- jawed tough guy, but he is also vulnerable. And maybe a little tinge of regret would indicate that you learn
0: something from it. Maybe. And maybe he just needs a little bit more time, that it's a... That it's a raw nerve right now, sure. and maybe when he goes back. I agree with this text, the text, 847 texter that says he should have done the opposite of all three times. I'm with you on that. that. The time to be aggressive was the time when he actually did kick the field goal, where the other two times where the way I looked at the third in- incident, where I'm sitting there going, you're going to tie the game up, aren't you? Because you they had rattled off, with 27 unanswered points by then? Like, why don't you d- do something to stop this? You still have an opportunity. Maybe your team figures it out. And you're able to, to then get everyone back together and say, guys, I know that we had a big lead, but guess what? Now it's 0-0. We're right where we want to be. Let's go win this game. Whatever happened over the last 49 minutes of the game doesn't matter. We're tied in the NFC Championship game. Let's go win it. That's what I would have liked to have seen. The other part is the execution. Catch the ball. Catch the ball. You got to catch the ball. And I know that Josh Reynolds has done some nice things for them throughout the season. He's made some plays. But juxtapose that with, with Valdez Scantling yesterday. And the game before. Like, you you got to have it. And this is a guy that you don't... He isn't necessary. He's not the one receiver on your team. He came up with two clutch catches. And that last
1: one, like, the, it was a hands... It look like an Alshon Jeffrey hands catch, go to the ground, squeezing the points of the football. Like, he was not going to
0: drop that. And if he does drop that, like, that you're stopping the clock, I think ahead of the two minute warning like there that was a, that was a that took a huge set from Patrick Mahomes to make that throw and Valdez Scanling to, to end up making the catch in that situation. I'm all for the guy that's aggressive and I do think that it's it's very cool that you have a guy that his macho is exactly what the numbers would say. So it feels even better. It feels better because it's backed up by data. Like, it'd be one thing if he's like, yeah, I just got a gut feeling, even though the numbers are are saying go the other way. He's always, for the most part, got the backing of the analytics department. Coincidentally. Right, right. That's what's beautiful about it. He's like, oh, well, I mean, of course I went for it. but I mean, the,
1: the fact is John Harbaugh goes for it a lot, too. But he doesn't make a thing out of like this is who I am and this is what I do. I mean a lot of good coaches go for it a lot because you're just supposed to. You have an extra down to get the yards that you need and you can
0: use it. And the numbers say that you're more likely to to get those yards than not. But there's some times where you have to look beyond the numbers. And there's no way to know this until now. But you had a guy in in Reynolds yesterday that was the moment was too big. And maybe feel that as a head coach when you got some
1: guys who are spitting the bit. Like that's and I I said that on the couch yesterday. I said these guys
0: are playing like they're a little nervous. Well, once once they you saw San Francisco wasn't going to quit, I think that there was a little bit of Detroit feeling like, and and of course, CJ Gardner Johnson is out there on the sidelines acting as if. They thought that the opponent was going to quit because they had been punched in the mouth. And I understand that like you, you want to try and dominate a team and you want you didn't finish the job. And once to, to use like the fighter's reference, once San Francisco got off the mat and was like, oh, okay, we're bleeding. We're bleeding. Are you all right? Can you still go? Yeah, I think we're gonna fight back now. And and now you're playing defensively. You're playing scared. You're playing tight. Herbie brought up the the you know tight booty syndrome TBS. Mm-hmm. It was out there on display for Detroit, and that made me laugh. Like I, I they have spent the last two seasons like exorcising demons of seasons past, and then it all came back in one half of football. Lions going to Lions, lions all of it, like just came rushing back in the second half. Accelerated by the decisions
1: that your your proud, tough coach was makes as part of who he is. And like you say, you can enjoy all of it, but there's a time and a place to where discretion is the better part of
0: valor. Yeah, and, and I think that he'll learn that too. Like, I, I think that he has a capacity... To learn lessons, and I think that's what makes him one of those coaches that people want to play for. That he's not—he doesn't feel like almighty. It feels like he'll go back, whether it's today or tomorrow or whenever, and he'll be like, you know, I—I I probably we probably should have done this, this, and this. Like, I have a lot of faith. Oh, he's going to
1: beat himself up over. He's going to—he's yeah. going
0: to—he's going to be a mess. Yeah, like Dan Campbell's going to be a mess. He's—he's going to need to mourn this all off season. And mostly through the season next year. But it does still give you the, the, like, looking at it from the perspective of here in Chicago, of how tough this ride is going to be that the Bears want to go on. They're just teams that are, that are, and the Bears played the Lions really well. But there are these teams that you're going to have to, to battle and fight with to, to get on the same stage as them. But it's just, it just made me sad because you saw it. I, Someone asked me if I did the Holmes maneuver last night. And I was so stunned that I didn't. Because there was a part of me that was like. A buddy in my White
1: Sox group chat did. He got a plus he get? Plus three hundred on the money line. He
0: only got plus three for at halftime. Really? That was all that was available? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I don't feel as bad. But still, like there, you could see that was one of those games where you could have bet Detroit early cashed out bet the 49ers with great odds and had a wonderful day but I was just sitting there so stunned on my couch that it never even crossed my mind like I was just sitting there going oh wow this is they are really going to they're gonna do the thing they're gonna do the Lions thing that they do all the time until two years ago and they
1: gave you every bit of the paint by numbers with the decision making with the drop passes with all of it it was right there.
0: There were times last night where I thought that Jared Goff, too, didn't play with enough urgency. Like as they're trailing, and I'm not saying that he has to become Superman, but even like as as the times like ticking off the clock, I'm like, hey, let's go. Let's go. And and then go here. and yep. the reverse of that is what I don't understand about Detroit, and it's one of the things that, that made me mad about Baltimore too. Baltimore did this and I just hated it. Second down play doesn't work. They run hurry up on third and nine. Don't do that. Take your time to get that play right. And they always look discombobulated when
1: they did it. We mentioned former Bear Kendall Vildor. We mentioned former Bear Michael Badgley. How about some some props to Dion Bush? Shout out to Dion Bush. Dion Bush, still, still going, still in the NFL making a play. Yep. And as we're discussing the Bears, the Bears made a move. They got a guy to do a job. He is their nominal defensive coordinator, but it's not really defensive coordinator. Sure
0: it is. He's coordinating the defense. He's just not calling it.
1: Yeah, Right. Right. He's so, coordinating it. I, uh, fine. So we'll discuss Eric Washington. Yeah. Next. Bernstein at Holmes. Middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670. The score in Odyssey Station. You have to make sure that they remain one dimensional. And so we can um, anticipate some of the things that we'll get from their passing game, from the quarterback, uh, where he's excelled. And um, the formula is, you know, it rotates back to our goals, our ambitions. And that's to you know, take the football away from them and give our offense as many opportunities as possible. That is the voice of Eric Washington. He is the Bears' defensive coordinator. If we're talking about him at all this season, something horrible has happened.
0: Or something great. No, something great has happened. We're talking about Eberflus, right? Well, I'm saying, what if what happens is the Eberflus feels so comfortable with Washington that he lets him call plays. Okay,
1: that's different. There's no evidence. That's that, great. Well, there, yeah, but that's that's we're sort of really extrapolating. I just uh, he seems perfectly competent and qualified. Yes, there's nothing in his resume that would suggest he isn't qualified for this job.
0: He has a, a long experience in 40 front cover two defenses.
1: Yep, at every level. He's coached a lot of good players. He's coached a lot of years. The Buffalo fans didn't seem all, you know, been out of shape losing him. But he's a, he's an NFL guy. He's an NFL guy doing, yes. doing a perfect
0: NFL guy job. Yes. I, I wish him the best of luck. Some would say that this is a sign of progress, that you now have, like, Black coaches that are retreading. Yeah, like lifers. Around the league, like, like that's a sign of of progress. Some would say that. I don't know if I would, but some would. You're not. Eh, maybe. I, I could understand the argument. Okay. Saying we've made it this far where we can just yeah. know, like be like l- league guys. Or or like even like some of the quarterbacks that are around, like Teddy Bridgewater. Like you know Teddy's
1: just hanging around. You know what he is? He's retired now. But you, know, you know what a guy like this is? He's a good football man. He's
0: got a, He's a good football man with a good football face. Good football
1: man. See, this is the kind of thing. For years in baseball, he's good good baseball man. That meant drinking buddy, who was fine,
0: or dr- drinking. Not just drinking buddy, but usually when you hear people in the media describe it that way, source. Good baseball man. He's a good baseball man. Good baseball man. Yeah, he's a, really?
1: He's a really good unnamed league executive. Correct. He's, he's awesome at that.
0: He's so good at, at that thing. One anonymous league source said... I wonder what goes into the evaluation for Iberflus on him calling plays. Versus... Maybe he just liked the feel of it again. I know that you, you were kind of forced into it because you had a nasty man that you had to fire. It was also his... if. I don't know if Iberflusis was smart enough to do
1: this, but the idea idea of I'm calling plays might have helped
0: save his job. It might have connected him to the team Uh, more. It might have helped save his job.
2: I think he 100%... Was th- well well aware of this and thinking about it. There was the the one um, post game press conference where he he kind of like took a victory lap for like oh yeah yeah that was me that was calling me those that's plays. right it was, who called he was those who's brushing plays? the dirt off his shoulders was popping his collar yeah that yeah that was me yes
1: yeah, so but what's up yours but but that would give him a lot I don't know what's up yours a, a lot of credit as sort of a crafty behind the scenes politician and I I think it might have just been dumb luck.
0: I don't know. I don't know if it was dumb luck. I, I think that there is some skill into calling a defense. Oh and- no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, but the idea of wait a second, if I if
1: I take over play calling, there's nobody else here who's qualified to do this, and realizing that he just really sort of feeling the circumstances, you know, putting the, the, a finger to the wind. You're like, if this goes right, I'm 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 becoming
0: much harder to fire. Well, I look at it, forget about like the success of the defense. I'm looking at it from the the connection to players, where as the CEO head coach, it's not that you're not approachable, but we, the way that Jaquan Brisker would talk to us about his relationship with Matt Eberflus, so or the way that Jalen Johnson would talk with the Afternoon Show about that, I think that he was able to connect more easily to his players by calling plays than he was as the CEO head coach. I don't know if he would admit to that or if that's it. It might be something that he values that he now is like that's. I thought that what I wanted was to be the CEO head coach and that I didn't want to call plays. I wanted to be able to oversee everything, but maybe he still needs that connection to be connected with the players. And he found it, and it's, it seems pretty clear to me that the players did him quite the solid in their exit interviews. That they might be the reason that he's still the head coach of this team. And would that have played out the same way if he would have promoted John Hoke to be the defensive coordinator last year? Here's the resume for Eric Washington.
1: And I, I think this speaks of a, a highly qualified person for this position. He's 54 years old. He started out as an assistant coach at Texas A&M. He was an assistant coach at Ohio University, defensive line coach at Northwestern. John Greenberg is going to do like a thousand-word piece. I'm sure it's already done. He's just waiting for publication. Uh, So Northwestern defensive line coach from 04 through 07. Bears defensive assistant, 08, 09. He was the Bears defensive line coach in 2010. Carolina Panthers, same job then through 2017 the Panthers' defensive coordinator, 2018 and 2019, the Bills' defensive line coach in 2020 and 2021, the Bills' senior defensive assistant slash defensive line coach in 22, and last year he was the Bills' assistant head coach and defensive line coach. That is that is
0: that's a foot that's an NFL football resume yeah, right yes, there. But that is that is football face. Where you been? I've been all guy. over the country. I've been everywhere, man. Yes. Yeah, so if
1: he's gonna be, he's been with the Bears. I I don't know how successful he was with the Bears. Twenty ten, they were good, right? Yeah. Wasn't that the? It's fine. It's exactly. It's fine. That's exactly how I feel. It's fine.
0: Yeah, you bring in someone who can help. As far as, like, putting your game plan together that can run your practices, that can maybe help you learn some things that you didn't know, and then you call the plays. What's wrong with you? Why's your bagel all torn up? I tore it up because I was going to eat it in pieces. Okay. It's just interesting. That's not how I would ordinarily do it. It's just but. kind of bothering me. Sorry, my... my, my, It's my bagel, so... I know, but my
1: OCD trait is not doing well at the moment, but...
2: All right, Lawrence, air it out. Is there anything that bothers you about Dan's (laughs) pork rind eating habits? No. I
1: don't have any. I don't have any rinds today. Right now. I can't... I'm okay with food for the next while. Oh, the, the yeah,
2: real question—my food alone. Man. My bad. My question was a bad question. What about chicken? His chicken eating habits. I mean,
0: everyone is upset with the way that Dan eats chicken. That, tearing up
2: that chicken all the time, Dan. How, yeah. you, I, how you have a problem with the torn up bagel?
0: Well, I'm tearing it up like with my—I mean, like with my mouth. I don't—I don't,
1: I don't yeah, rip I, it up in pieces I, I, I'd before rather, I eat it. I'd
0: rather not do that. I'd rather not. Just gonna have stuff flying everywhere like you're yeah. ripping at a
1: carcass like a I... Wolverine, and that's the one thing ironically that I did not get on on this trip to Brooklyn was a bagel because I ate. I some... thought you were gonna say Wolverine. No, I just they, the. there's in Canada. The bagels there are incredible, and but I got I had one of the best slices of pizza I ever had in my life. For had, three bucks, right? Yeah, that's all it should be for a slice of cheese pizza. So how, that's
2: a great price. Man. Yeah, I can't find that price anywhere, it was, really.
1: It's so good. It was so 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 good. I, it's and then I, it, I there was a it, old Junior's Deli was near us, and cons- both Friday night and Saturday night, I had two dinners. And for, we Friday night was a place in Brooklyn called Frankie's, which is all homemade Italian stuff. They make their own breads, proprietary olive oil, homemade pastas, and the place looks like. Where uh, Michael Corleone murdered Salazzo. Like it, it looks like it's right out of 1952 or whatever it is or whatever year that was. And so that was that. And then I went and I got the half pastrami, half corned beef, and mm-hmm. chopped liver added. It, it was probably three quarters of a pound or a pound of meat, side of steak fries and, and brown mushroom gravy. And then the next night was the was the Bat Mitzvah party, so I ate that. And then at the end of that night, went back to Junior's and got the same sandwich and fries and gravy two nights in a row. I did the same sandwich at the same deli. Go get it, baby! Yeah,
0: yeah. I tried the I did the special edition Oreo black and white. Ooh cookie how is that not good
1: no no that's terribly disappointing i
0: i would have preferred that what they they would go back to something that they used to do which was my favorite oreo cookie was the head and tails where you get the golden cookie and the original oreo with you head and tail double stuff like that's all i need i'm good to go like the the duplex cookie that you get at the jewels yeah it's like but but it's oreo so it's a higher quality okay but I was like, oh, man, this seems like a cool idea. And I was like, uh, eh, this isn't working. Like, the fudge isn't fudging the way that
1: it should be. Too bad. I'm sorry to hear.
0: Yeah, me too. You know, I was. Th- those disappointments are always,
1: uh, they're a blow. You know? So I,
0: I after I tried a couple, I just brought them and sent them into the BBM newsroom because they'll eat anything.
1: <laughs> well, they also supply us with candy.
0: Yeah, we. it's a quid pro quo with candy and treats and whatnot. Next
1: up, Dan Weederer will give us his thoughts, not only on the Bears defensive coordinator hire, but everything that's happening across the NFL with our Super Bowl combatants I'm gonna enjoy my torn now known. Bagel. Yeah, enjoy your torn up bagel. Weederer next. The big bag of beef.